Dear Blood Brothers, I have enjoyed most of season one so far, but this episode really feels like TBD has hit its stride. I think it may be my favorite episode so far. Seriously. So much happens, and the ending is by far one of the most addictive cliffhangers yet. It took everything in me to not binge the rest of the season when I finished. Sincerely, Bridget. Dear Blood Brothers, God, I loved this episode. It made me laugh out loud so many times, and it made me feel so many feelings. The richness of the show is really starting to be felt, and I love that. But how are you going to kill off Pearl and Harper like that? Sincerely, Nikki. Welcome to Dear Vampire Diaries, where today we have the distinct pleasure of escorting you through this episode of The Vampire Diaries, Blood Brothers, Season 1, Episode 20. I am your host, Nikki. And I'm your other host, Bridget. We won't be delving into future episodes today, but we will be discussing this episode, Blood Brothers, in detail. You've been warned. Speaking of warnings, we have a content note. The Vampire Diaries contains heavy themes. Please check the episode description for trigger warnings and timestamps. All right, Nikki, this is the episode where Elena learns what happened when Damon and Stefan were turned. Holy shit, Casually. Casually. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Pearl has an ugly confrontation with John Gilbert. You could say that. Yes, very ugly. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) and jeremy and anna get closer this is not only is this like the best episode so far in my opinion it's also the best summary it's accurate someone was on top of it yeah i mean maybe maybe what makes it a really good episode in a good summary is the fact that they kept it simple like they didn't need like a big event and all of this shit going on it's just like there's enough happening just in the minds and hearts of these characters. Let's just explore that for like a hot second. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't bury the lead at all. And they they sum up the main three like storylines that are happening. Yeah. The A, B, and C storylines. Yeah. It's perfect. Oh my God. Well, getting into it in the previously on, we have all the usual suspects. Um, so for over a century, he's lived in secret. She's a dead rigger for Catherine, yada, yada, yada. Um, but then what's needed to set up this episode is a bunch of very flashbacky stuff where we see Stefan and Damon telling Catherine back in 1864 that they each want her all to themselves. But she says, I get to make all the rules, uh, implying that they were in a non-consensual polyamorous relationship. Um their father, Giuseppe, finds out that Catherine is a vampire, and then Giuseppe says to Damon, if you help her, you'll be killed along with them. And Damon says, then let me be killed. Uh, and then back to present times, Stefan has been drinking human blood, which we all know, and he's off the rails. So Elena and Damon, last episode, put him in the basement dungeon that we try very hard not to think about that that exists. Um, and we start the episode in said dungeon. Previously on, Stefan going through it. Stefan is still going through it. (laughs) He is sitting in the cell. The lighting is beautiful as always, casting his long shadows on his sad, sad face. Um, And we go right down memory lane. Speaking of the lighting in this in this dungeon cell is it is it sunlight Nikki? no is it sunlight no because he doesn't have his ring right no it's probably like a uh like a well if it's sunlight colored it's probably not fluorescent it's probably just like an incandescent bulb that they have in there and damon's put a nice like filter on it to make it <laughs> you know <laughs> if you're gonna be in a cell in a dungeon yeah you might as well make it a little homey <laughs> He has been Mr. Homemaker. We don't know what he's been up to down there. 
He's been putting design filters on like all the lights in the Salvatore home. They should just add like a like a couch in there. You know, like make it livable. Yeah. You're in you're both in there enough. That's yeah. you know, there's no need to live in squalor <laughs> or to starve somebody out in an unhumane way. Just Yeah, if you're going through hell, at least look hot. Sure. Yeah, why not? And he does. Like you should at least have a closet full of leather jackets. Like, come on. Yes. <laughs> anyway, back to Stefan starving. Yeah, so he's starving. He's a little hungry, um, but he's going down memory lane, which he will be doing throughout this whole episode. Um, mm-hmm. And we see Stefan and Damon as humans watching the church burning or something burning, and they're working together to try to protect. Maybe it's not the church yet because they haven't set that ablaze. Yeah, what are they? What's on fire? So, so we. Something's on fire. There's nothing that's on fire. There was something on fire, isn't there? What? Something is burning. I swear to God. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I wrote down something was burning. No. They reference it. They reference it, but the, the, we don't see the church burn. No, no but what's yeah. happening is that there's, something... <laughs> there's a carriage. There's a carriage, mm-hmm. and they put the vampires in it. Um, mm-hmm. So they've got, like, Catherine in there and a couple of other folks um and like they're they're going through the woods and they're like looking for other people or other vampires to put in there to bring them to the church to right. burn it yes but they work together nicely and they they do Stefan's like oh i'll be a distraction boy and he's like oh there's another one over here and as we've learned from present day council members they're all very very dumb and they basically <laughs> leave the carriage unattended aside from one person that damon neatly kind of knocks out and uh yeah, and they're getting Catherine out, and she's been all, like, vervain, weakened, um, and she's just kind of lying there, and they're trying to free her, and as they're over her body, uh, well, first, Damon gets shot, right? Yeah, Damon gets shot, and then Stefan grabs a gun to go to shoot them back, Yeah, and he gets shot as well. And Catherine seems shocked. Like, she seems like she's reacting... To them being shot yeah. next to them. And there's this weird Elena, Catherine, uh, intercut I love you yeah. to Stefan. As well as Damon calling and, out to him in the present. Yeah. And like you're saying, there's like this synced up Catherine Elena moment between like there's parallels of the bars and Catherine being taken away while Damon's ushering Elena out of the cell and or like away yeah. from the door and like. You can just see, not only is Stefan going through it because he's, like, emotionally damaged right now, but he's also going through it because he's starving, and he's starting to hallucinate in some ways. Yes. Which, you know. Oh my gosh. Will be relevant later. I'm so excited to talk about this episode. I can't get over it. I know, me too. (laughs) This is so good. I don't think that I've ever uh, been through an episode where I just wrote down almost every single line that everyone said. I was like, this is just the, the, I should just pull up the fucking script. Like, this is what this exactly. is. It's just me being like, The writing this, was that and good. And this. Oh, yes. man. But as you said, uh, Damon takes Elena outside the dungeon into, like, the corridor. And she she's saying to him, you know, she's like, you helped or whatever. Yeah. Like, you helped put him in there. It's hard to see him in there. And he's like, you're the reason. And she's like, well, you helped. Yeah. And he says, well, yeah, I couldn't have him running around chewing on people yeah. when the town is looking for vampires. How <laughs> can I? She's like, yeah, no, it has nothing to do with the fact that you care about him. And he says, that's your thing, not mine. 
Okay, okay, mm-hmm. David, keep telling yourself that you don't care about Stefan. It's very believable yeah. at this point. Right. <laughs> you're right, buddy. You don't care. You're a big, tough, strong yeah. man. You don't love your brother. <laughs> no, not at all. That's a running theme throughout this episode. <laughs> and, uh... Stefan is lying in there listening, and uh, we see that he looks down at his hand and he doesn't have his daylight ring on, and this causes him to flashback. Um, He remembers coming to and seeing his ring for the first time on his hand, and Emily comes over and she says, Emily Bonnet, hey, remember Emily? Emily Bonnet, what's up? It's good to see you. We get some character development about Emily, which is just that we find out some of her motivations for doing this. Right. Yeah, she mentions that Catherine saved her life. Yeah. Cool, glad- and she has a brother. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Neat. Um, and she tells Stefan, she's like, yeah, Catherine had me make those daylight rings for you, like, weeks ago. Weeks. Weeks ago. Yeah. Weeks ago. And Stefan's like, but I, I didn't have her blood in my system or whatever. And she's like, no, she's been compelling you to drink it for a long time now, Stefan. And he's like, and Damon? And she says, no, he he drank willingly. She's like, it was kind of weird. He was like real all about that stuff. (laughs) In this flashback, Stefan goes to talk to Damon. And Damon explains that he woke up and didn't know where he was. He went to the church and he says that he watched them drag Catherine inside and then set the church ablaze. And he says that they killed her. And this description is so convincing that Nikki thought that we actually saw them set the church ablaze. It wasn't the church. It was something else. I'm going to, after we're done with this, I'm going to pull up the episode and be like, what the fuck was I thinking about? It's fine. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> you should, maybe it was torches. Maybe they were holding torches. Angry mob? I don't know. I don't anyway. Know. <laughs> In present day, Elena and Damon are hanging out, which is kind of fun that Elena's like pseudo living here. <laughs> It's the best. Uh, she's asking about the gadget. She's like, hey, did you figure this out? And he's like, nah, I don't really know what it is. <laughs> he says that he says that it doesn't work. Yeah. And I'm like, Damon, you're supposed to be smart. Why would Jonathan Gilbert want an invention that doesn't work? Yeah. He says later, oh, it's sentimental. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, fucking right. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, but he also asks if she's going to be coming back tonight, as she's mm-hmm. been here most nights. Uh, <laughs> it's cute because she's like, is that a problem? He's like, yes, you're a complete nuisance. And it's like, so what is this? I'm just going to go back to this, like, what are we doing here? What is this little, yeah. this little camaraderie we've got going on here? This little budding something. Okay. It's beautiful. I love it. It's cute. It's cute. And <laughs> you can't see my hands, but if anybody has watched Shit's Creek, I have full Alexis Rose hands where I'm just like, mm, mm-hmm, what are we doing? Mm-hmm, mm, quite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great. So we cut over to the school. Yeah, and Anna runs up to Jeremy and she's got a piece of paper and she's like, guess what? I've got a class schedule. I'm a new student here. And he's like, why would you want to go to high school? It blows. And she's like, why do you think? And he's like, you would yeah. like suffer through high school just to hang out with me? She's like, yeah, I know. I'm doing like that creepy stalkery thing again or whatever. And Aww. he just says that it's awesome. And they kiss. Yeah. And I'm like, I know we've skipped a couple weeks, but like, okay, we're kissing. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. I'm so rooting for them. I just want them to work out so badly. I love them so much. They're just, it's like, it's interesting because like Jeremy's standoffishness and this like weird feeling he had towards Anna seems to be totally gone now that he knows all of the truth. 
You know, mm. he knows what happened to Vicky, and he knows why Anna was the way she was. He knows all of her truth now. And that seems to have made a difference in their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to see him with someone that's not Vicky, because Anna's not confused about how she feels about Jeremy at all. Right. And she's not push-pulling him. Um, and that's really, I like, he deserves someone that wants him. But something else I thought about was, Nikki, if you were a vampire, would you go back to high school? No. 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 I'd probably go back to college. College, That'd sure. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could take some cool classes. Like, yeah. that'd be fun. That would be wicked High fun. school? Ew. No. I no. feel like I feel old <laughs> listening to teenagers talk about things now. Like, I had a moment mm. the other day where I was like, oh, is am I, like, cringy now? Being, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I saw a thing where it was, like, <laughs> Gen Zers are like, why do millennials use so many GIFs to communicate? I was like, are GIFs cringy now? When did I know. that happen? I, I found out that oh, no. the uh, crying, <laughs> laughing emoji has been, like, considered now sarcastic. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and I went I went through, I, I thought about all my friends who are under 25, and I went back through all of our text chains, and none of them use that. And I was like, <gasps> yeah, so, yeah. So yep. I can't even imagine going to high school as like a 145-year-old person. No. Sometimes I have nightmares about being forced back to high school, like, genuinely. And those are some of the worst ones. Not, not like high school where I was with you, but like high school now, where like, at my age now, oh. I'm forced to go back to like live with my mom and go to high school and like because like I didn't graduate or whatever in this dream Oof, like a Billy Madison situation oh it's horrible yeah no that's good I wouldn't mind like visiting like going back in time and visiting with like the knowledge I know now high school mm. and being like oh I can fucking chill a little bit more and like yeah. just enjoy this lack of trying like the... yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> like you don't really need to try that hard we can we can we can just take a beat it's fine <laughs> that's true that's true <laughs> so damon is visiting stefan's cell and he's trying to get him to feed uh with a bottle of stefan diet approved blood um yeah damon went out into the forest and found had to find five squirrels yeah. in order to fill a one bottle he calls stefan out a little bit He's like, okay, the human blood should be out of your system by now. Tell me why you're here feeling sorry for yourself. And it's just this, like, Stefan is just going through it. And Damon, because he doesn't care about his brother. Bridget, Damon doesn't care about his brother. He right, says, right, fine, right. starve. What do I care? Like <laughs> all children do when they're like, yeah, I don't care. Stop my feet <laughs> as I walk away. <laughs> Oh my god! And then the next scene, we have, like, the best phone call of all time. So good. The best, like, joint phone call. Because yes. David is popular, and as much as he says, I don't have friends, should have a lot of people calling you. <laughs> so Alaric calls him, and he's like, hey, what's up? It's Rick. And David's like, um, before I hang up, how'd you get this number? <laughs> Which will continue to be a question that I will be asking throughout this fucking podcast. Because there will be moments, without spoilers, where big bads will call protagonists. And I'm like, how the fuck do you have their phone number? Or like vice versa, where they're like, oh, we need to make a deal. And they just call somebody. And I'm like, how do you have their cell phone number? I'm... Whatever. I also fucking hate that Rick is like, it's a mystery. <laughs> we just don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he probably got it from Elena. That's that's what I, I mean, 
you know. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> but anyway, Alaric has a friend who is a criminologist who went to Duke with him. Duke, we all take a shot. Um, <laughs> that's part of the Vampire Diaries drinking game. Whenever somebody mentions Duke. Okay, so his friend helped him track down this new number that Isabel may be contacting John with. And he got an address. And Damon's like, what's the address? And Alaric goes, oh, no, 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 you're not going without me. And David's like, why would I go with you? You tried to kill me. And Rick says, yeah, well, you did kill me, which is the perfect comeback. I love it so much. (laughs) Already, their dynamic is so good. Yeah. They just bounce off of each other so fucking well. But I also love that this moment because he gets a second call, which is Elena, and he's like, hang on a second. Yeah, he's like, please (laughs) hold. hold. (laughs) Picks up, and Elena's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, she's like, I'm just getting some clothes so I can come back for our never-ending sleepover. And she's like, how's uh, Stefan doing? And he's like, extra broody. Hold on. And he goes back to Rick. And he's like, yeah, fine, pick me up in an hour. And then he goes back to Elena. And he's like, he's refusing to eat. And I love this moment where she's like, what's his favorite, like, you know? he's like, hmm? (laughs) And she's like, what's his favorite, you know, animal blood to drink? And he's like, ew. (laughs) And then he's an asshole, as always. And he's just like, it's puppy. Cute little golden retriever puppy. (laughs) And she rightfully rolls her eyes and hangs up on him. As is the only reaction you can do with this. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then as she's, like, closing her closet door, we get a classic uh, freaky, like, John just appears from behind... A sudden appearance from behind the closet door and she's so over him and i just love Who how he isn't over him but what i love about this is that nina dobrev like doesn't act this way with anyone else like she doesn't have a relationship with anyone that's quite like john and she's really perfect at showing this like vibe of like what's up you know she's just like dead behind the eyes and she's just like i have no time for you and it's great right. because elena doesn't often have that with anyone um yeah She cares so much about everybody that it's nice to see her not give a shit about somebody. Yes, exactly. And, like, John Gilbert has one move that he does with everyone where it's that he, like, tries to surprise them by not being veiled about vampires. And he's like, you know, I know you know. And she's like, know what? And he's like, what do you think your mother would say if she knew you were dating a vampire? And in a great moment, she just goes, which mother? Boom. Boom, motherfucker. Ooh, ooh, so good, so good. I knew it was coming, and I was still so excited about it. I was like, get him, get him, Nina, get him, get him, Elena. She's so good at playing the adoption card whenever, like, John or Jenna's mad at her. Perfect, and you know what? Well played, too. She doesn't overuse it, so when she does, it's so good. Hell yeah. (laughs) Also, the fact that her fucking other mother is a vampire... So it's like, we maybe don't want to play that card, you know? Because, like, we both know that my other mother is a vampire, so, like, how about we fucking chill? Yes, and this moment has so many layers to come, because we're going to find out so much more. It's just amazing. Okay, I'm just so excited. I'm bursting with excitement, Nikki. I I can barely contain myself. (laughs) Oh, my God. So we go to another flashback um, by the lake where Stefan is wondering out loud to Damon if Jonathan Gilbert has, like, told their father yet that they're dead. 
And he, you know, Damon's like, who cares? Like, he he betrayed us. Um, and Stefan is, like, defending their dad to Damon and saying, no, no, he was just trying to protect us. He was just try- trying to protect the town. Um, and Damon is like, ah, oh, God, the sun is so bright. And, uh, and Stefan's like, yeah, it's all part of the transition. And Damon's like, well, the transition's not going to happen because he's going to choose to die. Yeah, he says that now that Catherine's gone, there's no reason to be immortal it was all for her and she's not she's gone so he wants it over and and he's like don't don't isn't that your choice like aren't you also going to choose to die stefan and there's this like silent moment where i think we can kind of see like stefan comes around later to thinking he's going to choose to not transition but like I think in this moment, like, he's just unlike, like, a 19-year-old kid or however old he is. 17. He's like, yeah, he's, like, 17. And yeah. And Damon's, like, 20. Right. Can you imagine at 17 being like, yeah, I'm going to choose to die. Yeah. To, like, not go through with immortality. Yeah. I don't think Stefan's ready for his life to be over. And I don't think that that makes him, like, an evil vampire. <laughs> so. No. Because <laughs> let's be real. It would be making the same decision. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, I'm not ready to go. Absolutely. No, also, like, whatever. <laughs> but this is so setting us up for, like, one of the things that this episode does so perfectly overall is tragedy. And, like, it sets up all these perfect things, like, these dichotomous choices that then, like, we see people flipped at the end. Um, right. And it's just amazing to see, like... Oh my god, it's it, all of these, as as Jess said last episode, building blocks. Yeah, and it takes that, like, that line of bloodlust Stefan where he's like, I'm not like this, I'm the good brother. And it takes it, and you can see why he says that, because that's the mantra in his head of, like, like the, the lie, essentially, he needs to tell himself. Mmm. Mmm. So well said. Oh my gosh, we're just ex- excavating so much. All of this is so good. We go to present day where Elena is trying to get Stefan to drink also. She's like, you need to drink. You won't survive if you don't drink. And he's like, I don't want to survive. I just want it over. Ugh. Mimicking what Damon said as a human. Yeah. And he says, after all I've done, it has to end. I just want it over. Yeah. Upstairs, Elena has explained that to Damon and Damon's like, he's just being dramatic. Yeah, he's just Typical really Stephen Martyr stuff. It'll pass. Yeah. And he simplifies it. He says, Oh, he feels bad about hurting that girl. She says he's hurting. And she, he's like, well, that'll fade once he eats. And she's like, not physically. And he's, he's becomes more serious again. And he says, I know what you mean. Yeah. And he asks if she's going to be all right alone for a little bit because he's going to go out on an errand with the teacher. And she's like, oh, the teacher. <laughs> And she's like, oh, you mean Alaric? What are you two, like, friends? Yeah, now? Are you friends? Are you, do you have a friend? <laughs> I don't have friends. I'm broody. <laughs> Seems like martyrdom runs in the family, Damon. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, you know, maybe don't go downstairs, you know, while I'm gone. Maybe don't go downstairs. And she's like, I'll be fine. And he says, you're very trusting of him, given the circumstances. And she says, so are you. What do you mean? <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't be leaving. Exactly. Checkmate. Elena having so many good checkmate. So many moments. good checkmates. Also, like, it's a little easy to be like, and you do care. We all know you care. Yeah. You're the only one saying you don't care. We all know you care. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. We go to the Mystic Grill, um, where 
John Gilbert is trying to flirt with Pearl, and it sucks, it, and I hate it. It sucks. And there's this uh, there's this phrase that's called pearls before swine. That's how that phrase goes, and it means like putting something valuable in front of someone who doesn't know what they have and like can't acknowledge the value of it. Um, this scene is pearl before a swine. Perfectly put. Mm. Perfectly put. Mm. Um, another moment of like candid conversation where Pearl's like. We both fucking know what's going on here. And he's like, yes, give me the device. And she's like, why the fuck would I give you the device? Right. And he's like, I'm going to charm you. And I'm like, yep. sorry, throw up in my mouth a little yep. bit. And he's like, we both know you have a weakness for Gilbert charm. Like, <laughs> like that's in what way is that an actual like like he's supposed to be like this manipulative guy who's like good at like getting what he wants. How is that supposed to work in any way, shape or form? Right. So we go to a truly charming Gilbert man, uh, to Jeremy's bedroom, uh, where... Total opposite. Total opposite. Total foil. And it's so cool to see this, like, generational difference yes. of, like, Pearl and a Gilbert, and then Anna and a Gilbert. Yeah. And Jeremy is like, oh, hey, Anna, let's add some stuff that wasn't in the previously on so that the audience has a backstory for the previous scene between your mom and John Gilbert. But it also shows that at this point, Anna is... Keeping him in the loop. Yes. And being honest with him about everything that's going on. That's so on. true. Yeah. And she's like, but do we have to talk about this all night? Like, I've told you everything. And, uh... Let's just kiss instead. Yeah. <laughs> but you'd think, for someone who was so interested in the journals, like, not five episodes ago, um, you'd think Anna would be, like, interested in what Jeremy just said about how John Gilbert must know something about this invention. Because of the other journals? I think she only cared about the journal because it was useful to getting her mom back. Yeah. She has her mom back. Now she just wants to live a normal life and have a boyfriend and kiss his face. Yeah, but she also makes the point that John Gilbert is a vampire hater. And I'm like, yes, put two and two together, Anna. Maybe talk to Jeremy about getting your hands on those journals. <sighs> ah! Yeah, she says that he's a vampire hater. And he's like, your uncle wants us dead. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you don't know that. Jeremy! Jeremy! Have you been paying attention Jeremy. at all? <laughs> Jeremy. Jeremy. And she's like, no, he does. Like, he's a hater. Yeah. He's like, I'm not. And she's like, no, you're not. And she says that you're something else entirely different. You're my weakness. <sighs> Swoon. Oh my god, Swoon. my heart. Oh. <laughs> um, do we all... need to add the little caveat of like he's still a minor and she's still a vampire and it's also not appropriate? Yes, 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 yes. yes. Fantasy though, and I'm loving this moment and the song and the makeout. Yes. So and good. And she's also like because they treated her like a little baby back in like 1864, she's probably like she was yeah. probably turned at like 14 or 15 as well. Even though, of course, Melise yeah. Zhao is, like, a beautiful young adult woman. Also, can I just say, not only is this scene beautiful, because I love this couple, I love the fact that they're honest with each other, they seem, like, equals, they are, like, the song is beautiful as they're kissing, and they're both so, like, attractive. Um, I'm also so fucking happy to have a couple that is cognizant that there are adults in the home. I knew you would love this. I literally wrote in my notes, I was like, hey, Jeremy voices a concern that Nikki often has about Jenna walking in on that. Yeah, he's like, I don't want uh, Jenna to hear us. And she's like, oh no, Jenna sounds like I'm keeping an ear out. 
That's all I need. That's all I need to not be worried about it. That's all I need. Somebody to keep an ear out. That's all I'm asking. Is it so hard? I don't think so. I really got the best of all worlds. I got a good song to cover up the mouth noises, cute kissing scenes. I got them feeling like equals. I got them looking out for adults. You know, I'm happy. It's beautiful. It's a very swoon-worthy scene for sure. Well, let's take a break from all this hot and heaviness and go to uh, two Harrison Fords walking into a rental house. And they they kind of talk about great banter, great banter. But also we get a little bit more of the vampire lore here, like clarification, where Damon says, you know, we usually have to be invited in by whoever owns the property, but rentals and like hotels, that's kind of a gray area. So we just got to play it by ear conveniently. And they are Mm -hmm. able to both go in um, as Rick says, can we not kill anyone tonight, please? And David's like, what, you just brought me along for my company? (laughs) (laughs) So they are able to get in. Uh, Damon's able to walk past the threshold. And they're looking around, um, and they find blood in the fridge. We've got company. And right then, there's a vampire attack. They attack Rick. And Damon just very cleanly and neatly just pulls him off. And he's just like, no, 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 He walks over all Uh. relaxed, like, very slow. Like, he's like, oh, boys, boys, boys. Let's break it up. (laughs) Wait, he doesn't care if Rick dies. No. He's like, he's fine. He's got the ring. I don't really care. I don't care. I don't care about people. Caring is not Mm -hmm. my thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Damon and this rando vampire recognize each other. And he's like, oh, you were in the tomb. Your name's Henry. And apparently they're cool with each other. Henry's like, oh, what's up, Damon? <laughs> yeah. <all laughs> I'm right. a bro. <laughs> so we go to a, another flashback where Stefan, still in transition, is heading to his home. And he can hear inside and he hears his father Giuseppe and Jonathan Gilbert talking and we see the changing of history here that Stefan mentioned to Mr. Tanner in like one of the early episodes where it's like oh all those people in the church well the vampires were gonna say that they were civilians and he also says I don't want my sons to be remembered for their shame Um, so they will be counted among the wounded or like the the dead at uh, Willow Creek or whatever the Battle of Willow Creek so Elena's outside of his cell in present day and Stefan remarks, says, Damon hasn't fed me vervain in a while. You should not be here. She's like, I don't care. And he's like, well, I don't want you here. Try to push her away again. And Elena comes inside and he says, you're taking a stupid And she risk. actually says it, She's Nikki. Like, she actually says that it. I'm stupid. <laughs> I was like, there we go. Here we, that's all we needed. Canonical proof. Brave, dumb girl. (laughs) Brave, dumb girl. Big heart. Now we just need her to take the Pottermore quiz and show us her Gryffindor results. That's all. That's all that's needed. Oh, I don't need the Pottermore quiz. As far as I'm (laughs) concerned, she can pull a fucking sword out of anywhere. And I'm fully aware that she's a Gryffindor. (laughs) Um, But she, she shoves the blood bottle, like, towards him. And she's like, you need to drink this. And he slaps it out of her hand. And he's, like, trying to scare her. And he goes, like, get out! No. And she takes this moment where she's a little shocked, but she does go, yeah, no. Woo. Oof. Elena. Oof. Good, good episode for Elena. Brave girl. 
So back to the house or motel or whatever the fuck he's at. Yeah, where um, Damon and Alaric are like pretending to be buddies with this guy just to get information. So good. <laughs> I love John. Great guy. Been friends for years. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so uh, so what's going on with Jonathan Gilbert? And Henry, the tomb vampire, says, Henry is also just such a funny name for a vampire, even though I know it's old timey. I was just, just like, Henry the vampire. Okay. Anyway, so Henry's like, yeah, no, he's helping me out with, like, figuring out how to microwave things. And also, Man, to he's my only real friend in the whole wide world. <laughs> Look at me, just a wholesome bean. I've got one friend, oh. and I'm just here living my life, just being a chill, nice, gullible boy. Yeah, he does seem really nice. And Damon is like, oh, that sounds like John. He's such a do-gooder. Uh- <laughs> Well, because he mentions that John's keeping an eye out because the tomb vampires, which we thought were gone, because that's what Pearl said, have been lurking around Mm -hmm. because they're still mad at the council and they're biding their time. Yes. Yes. And the phone rings and it's John. (laughs) It's Damon very quickly. Talk to him. (laughs) Right. But the best thing about this scene is Damon gets the phone and we can see Alaric. And Damon looking at each other. Yeah. And you can see Alaric's face where he's like, I like, he seems like a nice guy. And he like, but there's also this like, but he can't, he can't live. He can't make it through this. Yeah. And even Damon, he's like, do, am I answering this phone? And he looks at Rick. And Alaric is just like, no. Yeah. And Henry realizes pretty quickly what's happening and he starts to attack Rick. But then Alaric stakes him. And Damon is like, let's not kill anyone tonight. Your words. (laughs) They're my favorite dynamic duo. They're amazing. I love them. I love them together so much. Just so instantly they have clicked. Yes. Because they're both... We'll get to a a better scene of them together anyway. But yeah. So we go back to the worst thing ever, which is John Gilbert trying to convince Pearl to give him the device. And she's like, so tell me why. Why should I let you have it? And he's like, I'll help you figure out how to microwave things. I'll hook you up on Match.com. I can help you settle down here. Um, And she's like, okay, but why would you want a device that doesn't work? And um, as you said before, Nikki. It's sentimental. mm -hmm, Which is such bullshit. And uh, he does the the most dickish thing ever. And I don't understand why he thinks this is going to help his case. He starts to say to her, you know, Jonathan Gilbert really regretted, like, you know, having you, everything that went down. Like, he, he just, he misses, he missed you. I don't know. He like, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, he really loved yeah. you. You were his one regret. Like, he was so sorry and you can see her, she's like, you're lying. And he's like, no, really, like, you, like, he felt sorry till the day he died. And then you can see her face where she's like, is he maybe? Just, like, very quickly just falling into that, and he starts to chuckle. If John Gilbert had done nothing else worth me hating him in this show, this scene enough is worth me being like, you know what? Pearl could have killed everybody in the grill as long as she killed John Gilbert. I don't really care. Absolutely. Yeah. Fuck that man. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he says, I'm just kidding. His only regret was that he didn't drive a stake through your heart himself. And... She gets up and she goes, I gave your device to Damon. I'm sure he'd be delighted to give it to you. The best thing about that is that he's like, what? 
like he's upset about that. And then my other favorite thing is she says, and then Mr. Gilbert, may you rot in hell. Yes. Oof. God. Also, can we name this episode We Hate John Gilbert? Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> For forever with the four. Forever. forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Great. Title done. So we go back to the dungeon. That or, and then Mr. Gilbert, you may you rot. Yeah. <laughs> that works too. Yes. Um, John Gilbert must die. John Tucker must die. Ooh, good yeah. one. <laughs> we'll brainstorm more. But uh, so. Just the description's just full of yeah, other titles yeah. about how it would the dungeon where elena and stefan are talking about you know he says I- i'm making this decision to starve myself because i should have made this decision years ago and to support what he's talking about we see this flashback where um stefan confronts his father he goes into the house and giuseppe sees him and he is just like oh my god and stefan is like don't worry like i'm i'm not gonna turn like and you know, he was like, we were shot in the woods. And his dad is like, I know, I'm the one that killed you. Horrific moment right there. And Stefan says, you killed your own sons? You were dead to me the second that you sided with the vampires. I'm so glad your mother isn't alive to see the disgrace that you've become. And Stefan is like, well, what? I'm, I'm not going to turn into a vampire. I'm, I'm not going to do it, dad. And his dad is like, yeah. that's right, you're not. He says, I'm going to let myself die, father, please. Your teenager is saying this to you, and he's like, yep, you are. And he yeah. grabs, like, a stake. And, and Stefan just defends himself. And he goes to attack Stefan. And Stefan, a teenage yeah. boy, is scared in yeah. this moment and pushes him. Yeah. And he pushes him too hard. And he pushes him against the wall where the stake then gets embedded in Giuseppe's stomach and stefan feels horrible immediately he's like oh my god dad and he goes over and he's like let me help you and he tries to take the stake out but then the blood is just irresistible real life talk um if they're if you're ever impaled or if somebody's ever impaled don't take the fucking item out absolutely don't leave it in it's keeping the blood in don't take it out don't do it okay great <laughs> stefan doesn't know that it's fine. It's 1864. <laughs> I don't know if he's aware of this fact. Um, but he takes the he takes the stake out. Um, and imagine that more blood pulls out. And... Uh-oh. Blood time. <laughs> yes. Strawberry syrup time. And this scene is great, though, because, like, we obviously hate Giuseppe so much right now in this moment. He deserves <laughs> to see his son turn into a vampire in front of him. Right. Absolutely. Because he wouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also part of the tragedy. Like, yeah, one of the things of, like, tragedy is, you know, against all odds, the, like, most faded, awful thing happens with these characters. It's, like, the opposite. It's, like, them wanting something creates the opposite, in a way. Yeah. And it's, like, we hate Giuseppe, but Stefan never did. No. And Stefan defended his father as long as he could. Yeah. Even at the very end when he found out that his father killed him. Yes. He wasn't like, I hate you. It was, please. And even when his dad gets hurt, like, after Stefan defended him, he's like, oh no, dad. (sighs) But we see him taste the blood and we see his face transition. And he even says, what is happening? Yeah. 
We go to Stefan and Elena in present day. And Stefan's like, I can't even imagine what you're thinking right now. And she says, you need to be able to talk about these things. I need to hear them. And she says, come upstairs. We can keep talking. It's like, you think you're so sure that I'm ready. And she hands him the daylight ring. Which is so beautiful. She's like, I am. And when you feel the same way, I'll be upstairs. Ugh. And I just want to say in this moment, the like cool tattoo that he has on his shoulders, you just look so good in this dappled light <laughs> that Damon installed in the dungeon. Oh, that good tank on Paul Wesley's shoulders and his muscles. I'm sorry, I don't often drool over things, but like, oh my God. <laughs> So we go to the rental house where um, Damon tosses Alaric a beer and he's like, ah, I wouldn't beat myself up over it, man. <laughs> and he makes him laugh. Oh, he's I like, love them what did so you much. expect like, to find Isabel in like a robe and slippers with like a cigarette or something? A cigar? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he just starts laughing. And he's like, I gotta stop looking for her. I can't keep searching for her. And Damon's like, really? Only after two years? He's like, that's moderately, moderately healthy. healthy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are you going on, 146? Like, yeah, I figured probably 200 more is a good stopping point. That was the line that made me look up who wrote this episode. I was like, who fucking wrote this episode? So I love it so much. Who did? Uh, so all the, you know, classic ones, Julie Plett, Kevin uh, Williamson, and Brian Young, who also wrote something else that I love, which is Fate the Wink Saga. Hmm. Super good. You should check it out. It's on Netflix. It's, it, it's, it's right up our alley. It's kind of like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender is blended with fairies. And so they're talking about Isabel, and Damon's like, you know, like, she was smart. Like, I should have known something was up. I should have known she was related to Catherine because of how, like, manipulative she was. And he talks about her a little too much, and Alaric is like, I don't really want to hear this. Yeah, and it's um, the opposite of when Damon was mocking him at the uh, Bachelor fundraiser. Like, he's genuinely sharing with Rick, just, like, talking about it, and he, like, doesn't realize until Lark says that's enough that he's being hurtful. Oh my goodness, Nikki. We go to Miss Gibbons' house. Hey, remember Miss Gibbons? She don't live here no more. Pearl is packing, and Anna comes in, and Pearl is like, hey, we gotta leave. And, yup, she's smart. But Anna, of course, is coming off of this high of, like, just probably having had sex with Jeremy for the first time. And, like, their relationship is going to new heights. And she's like, no, I want to stay. I want to, like, build my life here. And Pearl says, well, listen, honey, you you gave me my life back. I just want to protect yours. But she says, I can't force you. It's your choice. We've learned something. Theme of choice comes back. Yes. (laughs) Back to the Salvatore home. Uh, Elena's upstairs. Uh, and she's on the couch. Oh my god, and Damon comes in, he's like, oh, you're still here? Oh. (laughs) And then he neatly picks up her feet, sits down, and puts her feet back on his lap. It's the best! Just so, like, comfortable with each other, But still, she she takes her feet back and, like, scrunches them up next to her, you know, and takes them off of his lap. It's still a little, like, push-pull, you know, where he's kind of, like, flirting with her, and she's kind of like, oh, god. But she's, you know... She's also journaling, and she's thinking about why Stefan is the way he is, and she blames Damon in this moment. She does. And she says, you know, you're not helping. Like, the way that you're just adding to his martyr complex, you've been torturing him all these years for Catherine getting caught, and this pushes Damon to tell her the rest of the story. Yes, I love this moment, because, like, we've heard it before of, like, 
oh, you have the whole story. I got enough. This has been a constant thing of like, yeah, I know enough. I know enough. And Damon's like, in all of this, did you ever manage to get the rest of the story? And she's like, well, he said there was more. And he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, you mean the part that doesn't make me the villain? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but so he goes to leave and Elena runs up to him and she says, Damon, tell me. Yep. And so we go to a flashback that shows us um, Stefan Brink comes over to where Damon was sitting as he was going to wait out his transition. And Stefan at this point is a vampire and has compelled a girl, probably a girl from the town or whatever, to come with him and he explains to Damon listen like this thing happened with dad I didn't know my own strength I really didn't mean to but there was so much blood and he explains that he turned and he's like it's incredible I mean I can run fast I can hear things he's he's talking about yeah I can move like it's magic and he says in the guilt the pain I can turn it off like a switch and uh, Damon still says, you know, no, 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 Catherine's dead. There is no world without her. Okay. And and Stefan says, no, but you can turn that off too. You don't have to feel that pain of her not being here anymore. Yeah. And he grabs Damon by the neck and he forces him not to walk away from this conversation. And he says to him. Yeah. He's like, you need this. I won't let you die. And Stefan, you know, like we're saying, he forces him to do this. But he's also so, like, he's like, it can be you and me, like, together, and, like, like it doesn't have to be about Catherine. Uh, okay. Uh, yep. Yep. <laughs> and we go to present day with Elaine and Damon again, and Damon explains that from the minute the human blood touched his lips, Stefan was a different mm-hmm. person. And Elena says what we've been saying this whole episode, don't pretend like you don't care. Yeah. Also, I want to say, like, it's not... It wasn't just that Stefan turned into a vampire and then became a different person. A whole ton of shit happened all at once. Right. He's dead because his father killed him. He went to go see his dad and his dad was going to kill him a second time. And then... He also found out that the girl that he was in love with has been lying and manipulating him this entire time. and, And on top of that, his brother is about to die. And he does. He, we see that he doesn't have a mother. He's gonna be alone in the world, um, with this feeling of like the last time he saw his dad, who he had a great relationship with. It seems like they seemed really, really close. And Damon didn't have that same relationship with Giuseppe, and so it's different for Damon. Right. For Stefan, he's young. He's impressionable. He he's not an adult yet, really. And he still needs that love of, like, the only family member he really has. And uh, right. I, I don't think that it, I don't think that he changed into this other person because he's a vampire. I think he went through a severe amount of trauma in a short time. And when he got access to the power to kind of, like, dull that pain, he went really hardcore the other way because he didn't know how to cope with it. And that's fair. Right. Yeah, it's a lot to deal with, especially when you become a vampire and all of your emotions are heightened, to then feel all of that grief and all of that betrayal and all of that confusion so exceptionally, and to be able to turn that off and just feel like a rock star. Absolutely. Especially if you're a teenager, losing all your family members, not an option. So I get why he forces Damon to stay with him. Yeah, I do too. 
Like Jess says, he has forever to <laughs> <laughs> But in the middle of this story, uh, Elena turns to go down to the dungeon, and Damon's like, where are you going? And she goes downstairs, and she discovers that Stefan is gone, and he's left behind his daylight ring, and she immediately knows exactly where he is. Going over to the cutest, saddest mm. scene. Um, Jeremy's laying in bed, the window open, and we see Anna vamp into his room and lay in bed next to him. She's kind of, like, brushes his hair off of his face and he's like that feels nice and you can see the conflict in her where she she loves him and she doesn't want to leave um but he's falling asleep and she says she kisses him and she says goodbye and she vamps away we're just full of bummers until basically the end of this episode, guys. Just buckle in. We got a few more bummers for, for us to get through here. So we go to Stefan in present daytimes, uh, revisiting the place where he thought he was going to die um, back in 1864. And I just want to say, is that a CGI waterfall in the background? Because, I mean, this like lake area, the quarry, looks super beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> oh, it was gorgeous. I was just like, ooh, anyway. Yeah, and we go back into a flashback where we see Damon now as a vampire. And he's like, you were right. And Stefan's like, yeah. He's like, feeling good. He's like, hell yeah, you and me. We got this. You and me for all eternity. And Damon's like, yeah, except I'm going to make all of eternity miserable for you. Classic. Classic line from Damon right there. And we get that call back to the first episode where he says, I promised you a lifetime full of misery. We come back to present day where Stefan is hallucinating. He starts to blend the past and the present together, seeing Emily going back in and out of memory. And Emily says to him, I wouldn't wish Catherine's curse on anyone. And he says it feels more like a gift. And she says that will change. Um, And she says, you know, your heart is pure even in death. And that's going to be your curse. And that just goes back to my theory that, like, Stefan didn't, like, totally change when he became a vampire. He just gained access to being able to shut off his his sense of remorse and his sense of pain. So Elena is there. And that's kind of what grounds Stefan back in the present. Yeah, because he's wigging out before that. He's just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's losing it entirely. (laughs) Um... And she says, Damon told me the rest of the story. He says, I should have died. Damon should have died. And he says, every single person who's been hurt is because of me. Which is a little um, self-centered, as Damon points out later. Yeah, Yeah. Damon calls him out on that later, yeah. (laughs) But Elena's so good and so brave and, like, emotionally brave in this moment. Where she's like, yes, like, she's like, even if that's true, if you die now, nothing will change. That still happened. And she explains that when she, when her, the night her parents died, it was supposed to be family night and she wanted to go to a party instead. And she had to leave the party and call her parents. And that's the reason they were out that night when the car went off the bridge. And she explains that our actions set things in motions, but we had to live with that. Mm, such a good line. And he's like, don't make this all okay. And she's not making it all okay. She's just saying, no. listen, you, yeah, you made that choice to turn, but you also made a choice to stop. You made a choice to be good, 
to save my family, right. you know, to save me. And we see some of what Emily was describing of that curse in Stefan, where he says that pain is with me all the time. Mm -hmm. It's constantly there. And he says that there's this, this desire essentially to, to turn it off. Like he has that right there and he constantly has to fight it. And he's scared that one day he won't be able to fight it or he won't want to fight it anymore. And he says, I'm afraid that the next time I hurt someone, it would be you. Yeah. And Elena, in this brave, brave moment, goes up to him and she hands him the daylight ring. She says, you can take this and you can throw it in the lake and you can wait for the sun to rise or you can take it and put it on and keep fighting. The choice is yours. Mm. And she kisses Mm. him, turns around and walks away. And as she's walking away, her face is like, all of that bravery was used on that moment. Yeah. She is holding it by a thin strand. And he chooses to live. He puts the ring on and runs up to her and kisses her. There's an exact parallel scene to this in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, there really is. an episode is. that's exactly like this. Yeah. <laughs> There's a few moments in this episode where I was like, this is very Buffy-esque. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I know we both both just saw that we have to talk about Pearl and Harper in the next scene and we like don't want to. Um, So Pearl and Harper are getting ready to to leave and um, she's like, you know, you don't have to come with us. I know this is your home. And he's like, this was never my home. I was just left here to die. Um, uh, Speaking of left to die. Fuck this show. Fuck this show. Pearl opens the door and uh, a flying stake gets her right in the heart. Just so unceremoniously. How fucking dare the show. I get that there's some beauty in the fact that like it's so just like quick and it's like a death and whatever. This woman is like 700 years old. She should have been able to hear John Gilbert outside. Right. She should have gone out in a blaze of glory. Yes. There's no way in my brain that Catherine Pierce's best friend dies by just, like, opening a door. Bullshit. Hate it. So we go to the Salvatore house where Elena brings Stefan back and um, Damon makes some snide remark and she's like, I'm going to go upstairs so that you boys can talk. And uh, Stefan comes over to Damon and he's like, he apologizes and he says, thank you for, you know, helping me. And Damon says, yeah, well, Stefan, you brood too much, man. You know, not everything on the planet is your fault. Uh, My actions, what I do, I own them. They belong to me and you are not allowed to feel my guilt. Love that line. Ooh. I also love that Stefan afterwards says, do you feel guilt? And he says, if I wanted to, it's there. Which is so good. Ooh. Have a little talk about some witches. He explains that uh, Emily waited until after he turned to tell Damon that the spell for the tomb worked. Yeah. That she didn't want to affect his decision. And Stefan says, yeah, no, she didn't want either of us to turn. And towards the end of the scene, Damon explains that he doesn't hate him because he made this choice for him. He hates him because... Damon was the only one that was supposed to be turned, and Catherine turned both of them. Which- It was just supposed to be me, Stefan. It kind of feels like you should hate Catherine for that, doesn't it? Right! 
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. It's not Seven's fault. Seven was fucking compelled through that entire relationship. My guy is blinded by Catherine. (laughs) But this feels like a huge step for them, you know? Like, eventually, maybe Damon can work out the fact that that's not Seven's fault. (laughs) That's, in fact, Catherine's fault. But we'll see. (laughs) Anna comes home where she finds her mother... And I tear up because she just, one, I feel bad for Harper because he's totally overshadowed in this entire scene. She's like, stepped oh, over yeah. him. We're which crying I understand for Harper too. Her mom, but also like, Harper! Yes. Um, but she's just crying and she says, please don't leave me again. Oh, Melise Zhao is such a good actress. She's so good. She's so good. And this scene, like, I wish it was longer in some ways, because it felt so unceremonious about her yeah. death that, like, I wished that this grief we could have felt a little bit more. But the show was great at making you hate mm. people. Um, and John is fucking outside, and he just puts his little bow in his little car. And yeah, his little made-at-home depot steak gun. God. I hate him. So I much. hate him. And he calls the sheriff to update her about the vampires. Like, see, I'm doing stuff. I'm killing the only nice, self-controlled vampires. See? See how that works? Isn't that great of me? Yeah. I mean, this is also a time where I'm reminded that Damon did the exact same thing to Lexi. But we're past that now. (laughs) Are we? Are we past it? No. No, we're not. We're We're really not. The show is. I still fucking miss miss Uh, Lexi. Every day. Daily. I would have loved to have seen Lexi and Pearl together, but God forbid we are allowed to have vampiresses. I love that. Yes, vampiresses. It kind of sounds like empresses. Yeah. Vampire empress. Yeah. Empresses. But God forbid the show let us have one for more than like three episodes. You fucking (sighs) So we go to the... Oh my God! We go to the Mystic Girl (laughs) Ball! Well, Rick, who is... Finally, like, I'm gonna move on. I'm done. I'm over it. I'm done. He's drinking at the bar, loving life. Not really, but he's there. <laughs> he's nursing his wounds. Hello, Rick. <laughs> and we know that voice. Oh, we do? It's Mia Kirshner who plays Isabel. And oh my god, she's sitting right next to him. And she's looking smoking looking hot. fly. <laughs> yeah. And she just smiles. <gasps> And that's the <laughs> I'm gonna watch the next episode like right after we finish recording this because I'm <laughs> freaking out. Oh my god, it was so good, <laughs> so good. This is like th- this is the reason for yes. this show. Like all of this yes. feeling, we're we're getting into it. You know, so good. It's oh so good. my god, Nikki, who are you taking and who are you staking from this? amazing episode of blood brothers this was like kind of hard yeah. for some of these because there was just so much good shit going on but i'm taking the banter between rick and damon um and i just want to go on a road trip with them because like it made me actually i've seen this episode like yes. countless times but like it made me yes. laugh out loud still like just like ha, <laughs> just like having yes. a great time i'm staking the show just the show in general, for killing off Pearl and Harper so unceremoniously. Like, I I don't, I understand that they wanted to kill her off, but like, give her, give her her yeah. moment, you know? She's old. She's an old vampire. Respect yeah. that. Give her some yeah. oomph. 
at least give her more with the the namesake of her betrayed love, you know? Because like Jonathan Gilbert, right? Let her like yeah. get a get something totally. out on him, you know? Like have her kill him also, and then he just comes yeah, back. Exactly. You know? Ooh, that would have been so good. Mm, let her you go could definitely fighting. write for the show. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a little late now, but yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Well, in my mind, you are writing for the show. <laughs> in my imagination. Great. Bridget, who are you taking and who are you staking? Similarly, I am also taking Alaric and Damon's friendship, and I am taking them to a craft store where we can buy materials to make some friendship bracelets. Beautiful. <laughs> I am staking Jonathan Gilbert with one of his own Nerf gun stake machines things. Absolutely. Yeah. Bridget, what's the word of the day? The word of the day is resurrection. Oh my god, yes. Let me just read this to you. Oh, dear listener, we are recording this on Easter Day. (laughs) Oh, weird. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Resurrection can mean resurgence or revival. In Christian theology, it is often associated with the rising of Christ from the dead. Or in vampire mythology, with the rising of vampires from the grave. (laughs) Nikki, what's your sentence? I said... Oh, what I would give for the resurrection of Pearl. Oh, yeah. Bridget, what did you say? Giuseppe Salvatore wasn't counting on his son's resurrection from the dead. No, he was not. He was not. Oh my god, Nikki, what is your tarot card and for whom? For the Salvatore brothers, I picked strength. Ooh. So strength is a very near, dear card to my heart. But I was looking for a card that was, like, had enough oomph and enough passion for the relationship that they have. Um, But I'm also doing it reverse, if I didn't mention that. Um, Because I think that there's there's this defensiveness between both of them. And, like, we see a little bit of vulnerability starting between them. And, like, just a little bit of crack in the armor. That I think that, like, they both have this, like... I'll protect you, but also, like, fuck you kind of mentality with each other. And they have so much emotion there that is so powerful. And right now it's being used as, like, distrust and anger and hatred. But, like, they both so clearly love and care about each Mm. other. And I feel like that bond is so strong and, like, powerful that, like, they could figure out how to harness it if they were more vulnerable with each other. I also think that this card, it has this kind of like this joining of elements that don't necessarily mix, but can balance each other well. And I feel like if anything describes the brothers, it's that where it's like they don't really mix. But like if they were able to like trust each other and accept each other, they would be unstoppable. I think that's beautiful. Uh. I also love the suggestion for the reversal that you wrote where it's like, If you're facing a difficult person or situation that cannot meet you in a fruitful way, find an alternative way to confront the situation. Maybe write a letter. (laughs) And I just, like, imagined Stefan writing a letter to Damon that's like, I want us to be friends again. (laughs) Well, he's been journaling for years. That's actually, he's been trying to cope by journaling his feelings, which is actually pretty good. Yeah. More of that, Stefan. Okay, Bridget, what did you pick and for who? I picked the devil for Stefan. Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, I did. Oh, what a good episode Ah! for cards. (laughs) So, dear listener, the devil card is often very misunderstood. Um, 
It's funny that our word is resurrection, and then I'm picking the, the devil card. Yeah, what are you so do? my understanding of the devil card is that, like, there's a lot to do with, like, other people demonizing you or, like, fear about perception. Um, and in this moment of Stefan's psyche being really wounded, um, his dad absolutely demonizes him and, like, immediately shifts and sees him as the devil, even when he's still human, like, before he's changed. Like, he just completely, right. it's like this black and white thinking of, like, and now you are evil, and therefore you deserve to die. And it's like, fuck you and fuck that. And the devil has a big, like, reclaiming of, like, personal power and of saying, like, no, you get to be the master of your life. You get to own your decisions. I think Damon embodies the devil really well. Um, and Stefan is still grappling with that. Like, he, his brain is being a real dick to him of being like, you don't deserve to live. You're awful. You are the reason for everything bad in the world. And, like, that's simply not true. All of us are a mix of, you know, actions that have created good and bad ripples. All of us. And, you know, no person is one thing. And so what I want for Stefan is to have him embrace the, like, healing balm of the devil card, which is, like, yes, own own the pain in your life, but also own your pleasures. Like, you can absolutely still enjoy right. your life and be responsible for your actions. You know what's fitting is that the last time the devil was mentioned on this episode, I picked it for Lexi, <gasps> who was such a good influence in Stefan's life. I just... So it's like he's missing a little bit of that. Oh, I love that. That's the episode. That's the episode. I can't believe it's already over. I love it so much. <sighs> We're getting had... so close to the oh. end of the season. Guys, oh my God. guys, girls and enemies. We're getting so fucking close. Oh, well, that's all for Blood Brothers. I have been your host, Bridget. I have been your host, Nikki. Thanks for joining us. And tune in next time to find out if John decides to make another decision that makes me want to punch him in the face. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> Tune in next time to find out. Oh, hell, I can't do a joke on this episode. Tune in next time to find out who the fuck Isabel is and, like, what she's like as a vampire because the next episode is named after her, bitches. Oh. Dear Diary, no, you're something else entirely. Yeah? What would that be? My weakness. Dear Diary, that John Gilbert was a crazy scientist. Dear Diary, our actions are what set things in motion, but we have to live with that. Dear Diary, which mother? Dear Diary, I won't let you die. <laughs>